What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Sports Inventory with your host, Ben Kuchipudi and Tyler, a.k.a. Big Sexy. But we have a special guest here today, a friend near and dear to my heart, one of the biggest Jets fans I know besides my colleague, Ben Kuchipudi. Give it up for Grace Hughes. Ben. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. So what we're doing today, we're going to do... Since me and Grace are both Jets fans, we've been diehard fans for many years, experienced a lot of pain over the past <laughs> decade. So we're here to give our thoughts on our team and how they're shocking us a little bit. They're 2-2 two and two going into October. Mm-hmm. You can never say that. And we're going to give our insights on the Miami game coming up and um, the rest of the season. So, Grace, do you want anything to add? No, I don't think so. I'm excited. Um... Yeah, we can get started. All right, so two and two. You can't say that a lot about the Jets going into October. They started off rough against Baltimore in the home opener. They lost by a score of 24 to 9. It was a very rough showing. Then we pulled up the miracle upset win in Cleveland, scored 14 Mm -hmm. points in less than two minutes. Once again, disappointing against Cincinnati at home, but then another comeback win against Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Pickett's homecoming. We ruined it. Brees Hall ended up mm-hmm. taking home Rookie of the Week. So, Grace, just what strikes, what's different about this team from the first um, four games of the season from what we've seen in years past? I just think they have more talent, to be honest with you. I think that Douglas has done a really good job targeting things that they need and also just doing a good job scouting the positions that they need because McCagnan had a tendency to just draft Alabama defensive lineman and yeah Douglas even though you know Quinnen is great and and Williams was also eventually ended up being good um I think Douglas is finally putting together a team that just has a lot of talent on it and that's like just so evident you know in years past you're like this team just flat out isn't good like these people should not be on a professional roster and now you're seeing guys like Garrett, who looks like he can play oh, football. And um, I'm a big Brees Hall person, so I knew exactly what he was going to be already. And um, I think Tucker was a great pick also a few years ago. And he just, Douglas just like seems to know what he's doing. You know, I think that the biggest thing that he's like swung and miss on so far is is offensive line, not in terms of drafting, but just in terms of like filling it out. Um, because obviously our line's still a little bit shaky, but the guys who he's drafted, um, Farrah Tucker and Mitchell have been great. And I think that this Douglas has done a good job drafting. I think that's the biggest difference between him and McCagnan and past GMs. It's just like the young talent is good now. And guys can like immediately go onto the field and just produce, and it's like clear. So yeah, you know, like when you look at the roster from 2020 when they went two and 14, and now it's just like a complete 180. Yeah, they the only person, the only players from the Matt the McCagnan tenure that I can even name on the team right now are Quinn and Williams and Truma. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm missing anyone else because Joe Douglas has completely turned around this roster. Yeah. He's really the best guy running the ship since we've, since uh, the Tannenbaum days. You know, we've had some yeah. terrible years of Idzik, the infamous Idzik 12. You had some bad years of Mac with free agency signings. Mm-hmm. But 
Oh, I forgot. CJ Mosley was another max signing. He's still yeah. on the team. Obviously, yeah, Mosley's good. So Yeah, he's having a little bit of a resurgence, and I'd love to see it. Yeah, I think like I would love to just talk to CJ Mosley and just he like he's, he's a genuine leader. That's someone that's like what someone I actually want to meet on this team and have a good conversation. Yeah. I want to just know because he's been there for so long and he's really seeing this turnaround, hopefully, like a long-term turnaround of this team. Um and I would just love to hear like from, you know, Bulls to Gase and now to Salah like how how much he's seen the culture change and the locker room change. Like, I'd love to know that. I forgot. Um, Douglas also drafted Beckton, yep. who we, like, I don't even know. I don't know what Beckton, to do with Beckton him. Draft and, is like, a whole toss-up. You know, the, the yeah. 2020 season, I thought it was going to be a very good draft class. You know, Beckton was having a Pro Bowl rookie year. Um, Denzel yeah. Mims was having flashes. Ashton Davis looked a little lost at times, but he had uh, some flashes. And someone is really disappointing as of late. Bryce Hall. I thought Bryce yes. Hall was going to be a cornerback one, but right now mm-hmm. it looks like he's cornerback five on this team. He's been yeah. getting benched after a terrible showing in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And I think it's for the better, but he's obviously a solid cornerback to still have if anyone gets hurt. But the the cornerback room, I just want to get to that in particular. Mm-hmm. That's been like, besides like the O-line, that's been probably the biggest turnaround because I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. back in 2019, back when... Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts were mm-hmm. starting two corners. And now that transforms into Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, arguably playing like the best cornerback duo in football. And then you have Michael mm-hmm. Carter, the second in the slot, who had that um, clutch pick yeah, against Pittsburgh last week. And you still have guys like Brandon Eccles and um, Bryce Hall, who could still come in and make an impact at corner mm-hmm. four and five. And those two probably would be our corner ones three or four years ago. So that's mm-hmm. like a big turnaround for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think so, too, because last year, the secondary was just atrocious. Like, it was so evident how bad it was. Especially the safety. That was a big thing, too. Safety play was horrible, even though we had Marcus May, um, who had played well. I believe, did he? I think he was either hurt or something, but... He that was, was yeah, he, thing, he like, broke his uh no, he tore his Achilles on Thursday night football in Indiana. Okay. But the year like, before the, in 2020, he was having a Pro Bowl season. I think he, he was, was a top great. five ranked safety. Yeah, he was great. And then that was another thing McHagden loved to do was draft guys from Florida. But anyway, um I mean Jamal yeah. Adams and Marcus May in the first two rounds in the same draft. Yeah. It was just like he only drafted defense, like he never regarded the line. But um Anyway, I'm I'm just like very happy with how the corners. I think bringing in Reed was massive because I wanted DJ having... Reed in free agency. Me and my buddy um, Jeffrey, who I'm actually going to the game with, we were talking in free <laughs> about like one guy that we want to sign besides Lake and Tomlinson because that was the top of my list. <laughs> but DJ Reed struck me out because he's someone who just plays with heart. You know, he's only five <laughs> nine, my height, and like he just plays bigger than he plays bigger than he appears and he's right now a top five corner in the league mm-hmm. he's playing like it That's yeah he i saw like one of the statistics i saw was his like passer rating like the qb passer rating when he's guarding is like 40 percent. it's like he's been so unbelievably good and the game versus baltimore like his father had passed away mm-hmm. right 
before the game started and he just went out there he had that pick he had a phenomenal day like I think he's an excellent guy to have in the locker room I'm such a proponent for like um having veterans on the roster and good veterans because like I think Mosley's a big anchor Tomlinson Reed and they didn't really have that last year so I think that having them is like huge because Reed as a mentor for sauce like just showing him how to be a pro but also just like hey this is also how I guard this type of guy you know and that's stuff you can't get if you're just like you're you're corner number one and you have no veteran like behind uh, above you or around you um so I think Reed's been so good in like so many aspects of the team so I was really happy with that and how he's been playing and sauce I was like I was like I I was happy with sauce pick obviously but I was kind of like totally okay if we had drafted line two um because uh was there and Neil was also there and I was like I can't complain if we draft line and I know a lot of Jets fans really wanted sauce and I was like okay I know Rich Eisen loves sauce so I was like all right I trust Rich so Obviously, he's been great. I'm really excited to see how he plays this week. Yeah, you know, I was on the before the draft. I was actually on the Kayvon Thibodeau train. I was banging on him. I wanted that pass rusher that they haven't had since John Abraham back in 06. Mm-hmm. So when he was there at four, I was screaming at my TV in college. Really? Pick KT. Pick KT. And I saw Sauce. Not going to lie. I was a little disappointed because mm-hmm. I didn't think corner would be so high because it seems like in years past, yeah. Douglas really um, used like low budget contracts and late picks on corners. We saw that with I Bryce agree. Ball mm-hmm. and Brandon Eccles and um, mm-hmm. Jason Pinnock and Michael Carter II. But drafting Sauce at four, I was a little um, skeptical because um, Jeff Okuda drafted in the top three a few years prior and he hasn't panned out as well. But Sauce, I've, I have no complaints. I mean, he's he's our cornerback. He's our cornerback one for the future. He's mm-hmm. him and Reed are hopefully going to be Revis and Cromartie reincarnated, and they're playing like that right yeah. now. Yeah, but I just, I felt the yeah. yeah I felt the same way about Sauce. Like I I remember I was talking to my dad, who who were very big draft people. We talked about the draft like starting in you know. November. That's like the the draft is the Jets like Super Bowl. So that's what, hopefully that's that what I'm saying. This draft was our Super Bowl. Yeah, and hopefully that changes. We're like our Super Bowl is the Super Bowl, you know. Um, yeah. but I still like love the draft so much. So we, my dad was like, I don't know if you can draft sauce that high, and I was like, or a corner that high, and I was like, I don't know either. But the more he had a good combine, he had a good pro. I think he ran at the pro day. Obviously, Cincinnati like they're the like non non power five and they played good in the playoffs obviously lost but still just getting there was great and it's so hard to get there if you're not power five but sauce like no touchdowns in his college career like you you can't complain about like picking that guy you know like i was like all right like this is good i wasn't one of those jets fans who was like sauce or bust but i was like like this guy like he has the stats to back it up you know and with Thibodeau, I don't know, I was tough on him because um, I saw the video of when he was watching 
the college football championship and he totally bashed Alabama. And I was like, I don't know if I want this guy on like a team Not of a very, yeah, on like a team of like very young, impressionable, like also like Seth, like he's young too, but like just a young, a very young locker room. The Jets have a super young locker room. So I was like, I don't know if I want a guy like that. So I was like, all right, I still get to see him on the Giants. Like, let's see if he's explodes or not, but explodes like in a media sense, but also like on the field. So he's been solid so far, I think. I don't think yeah, their rookies have been, like. He hasn't been like sauce. The thing that's yeah. me about this, cl- this draft class in particular for the Jets, obviously, we drafted four rookies in the top 40. And I'm I'm sure you saw this, but Jer- Daniel Jeremiah's. Um, Rookie rate, yep. rookie um, rankings came out. All four mm-hmm. of our um, top four picks were in the top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Sauce and um, Sauce and Garrett were in the top ten. Uh, mm-hmm. Jermaine was uh, Sauce Garrett and Brees were in the top ten actually, and Jermaine mm-hmm. was in the top yep. twenty. So I love to see the Jets actually getting love from the media. And I know Der- Daniel mm-hmm. Jeremiah was a big um, was always a big Jet supporter. You know, he was Joe mm-hmm. Douglas's roommate in college, so he has that connection yeah. with him. But yeah. I feel like the Jets are just getting a lot more respect in general. You know, it always makes my day when I see the power rankings come out after Sunday and I see mm-hmm. the Jets not in the bottom five. That actually just yeah. makes my day because it seems like it's yeah. been like years. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, I just, I love, because I was actually just thinking about this because even like Quinnen should have been in the Pro Bowl last year and he just wasn't. I don't think he got the votes. And this year he should be. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this year he will. But last year I was like, he sh- he should have been, you know. And and the Jets don't get any love because they're like the team's bad. That means all their players are bad. Like one hundred percent not true. But now since you can kind of see, like I saw NFL tweeted last week, they were like the Jets are the comeback kid. I'm like I like this a lot because mm-hmm. that's kind of like I kind of want them to be. They're kind of reminding me a little bit of like the Lions. In the sense where, like, this team has talent, but they're, like, gritty, you know? Mm-hmm. And just, like, a team that can kind of, like, upset you, almost like the Jags are now, and the Lions teams that are on the upside, and they're not, like, trending downwards. You're kind of like, oh, this team's, like, got a little game, you know? And I, I'm happy that that's where the Jets are, and they're not, like cellar dwellers just you're like this is hopeless and now you're like all right like this team like let's see what we can do we might be able to throw in another upset here or there and maybe like win seven games that would be great so i like where they are right now in terms of that and i think like that's totally not been the case in years prior like they've just been like absolutely disrespected by the media and disrespected by like the NFL in, in any case, even if they had decent players. Yeah, I'm, I completely agree. And before this, I always thought this year was going to be a big re a big um step in um our rebuild. Yeah. You know, I kind of wanted us to be like, do you remember how the chargers were in Herbert's rookie year? They had a very good offense and they just, um I think they won seven games that year, but mm-hmm. they had a very exciting offense, very yeah. volatile defense, but they were a fun team to watch fun team to watch. This is what I wanted yeah. the Jets to do this year. I wanted mm-hmm. to get a team that won seven, eight games. But the one thing I want to see from this team, I wanted to see that playoff graphic in the hunt in late November, December. Mm-hmm. I wanted the Jets being in the hunt. Because yeah. that's something 
That's something we haven't seen since, what, 2011, 12, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That just made me, that's just what I want to see out of this team. But next year is a year that the Jets should 100% be in playoff contention with um, draft capital and cap space Mm -hmm. and guys developing. Yeah, I think, like, I know everyone kind of put the weight on this year's class for Douglas, and I think that's true. Like, this year was massive because it was almost like, will this team take a next step? But I think that this draft coming up in April is going to be huge because this is really going to push them towards playoff contention, you know, and free agency, of course. But um, I think there's like, I, I right now off the bat, I think they go line or they 100%. should go line. Um, and it's unfortunate because I don't think there's any like huge flashy linemen in this class. I think it's there kind is of one more lineman that I know. Northwestern. Really, yeah. Peter Skaronsky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I don't even know where the Jets would be picking. Honestly, I would prefer if they pick outside of the top 10. That would be oh, nice. I would love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, um, right now we're pit- right now we're, we're picking 17, which is which is great that, right now. Yeah, that's hopefully, that's great. Hopefully we, hopefully we can keep it up and it goes a little down, but if by but but if by um whatever reason we're picking inside say the top 7, I would love mm-hmm. to I would love for us to get Peter Skaronsky, I think. Yeah. With George Fan not playing his greatest football, I know he's been dealing with the bum knee, but mm-hmm. this is a contract year for him. And if he doesn't play that well, I could 100% see his drafting as replacement. Or if Becton doesn't mm-hmm. like look good at like after his injury, I could still yeah. totally being to- totally seeing him being replaced. But I think no matter what, the Jets are gonna draft a tackle with their first round pick. I think it just makes sense. I think they have like. I think the fact that they were even considering drafting um, Icky this year, even when they've only gotten one year out of Becton, like, and you know you're not getting any more out of Becton this year, you have to draft a tackle because at this point, like, Dak kind of looks like a guy who might be able to, like, know how to play football in the NFL and being able to protect him is, like, number one priority. And that was Douglas's, like, the blind side. big thing. Yeah, is, like, he was a lineman, and he was like, I will protect Sam Darnold. And um, he he hasn't done a good job of – hasn't done a great job, you know? He tried with Becton, and it's like right, – he, he tried his hardest, you know? I mean, he tried, and he tried draft – like, some of it's not him. You know, like, Becton getting hurt, Brown getting – like, Dwayne Brown getting hurt, Mitchell just getting hurt. hurt. Mitchell getting hurt, like he is not that's not his fault, you know. But like that's just bad luck, and that's just the Jets. Yeah, yeah. That's still like some of the Jets being the Jets. But yeah, I I think that what's also gonna be interesting is I don't I think a lineman probably gets taken in the top, you know, fifteen. Top, yeah, easily top um, fifteen. But a benefit of this class that the Jets don't need is the depth at quarterback is unbelievable that they don't need that there's there's seven teams that need a quarterback and they're going to be pining to move up like like Indy after this this past Thursday they need they kind of need a guy <laughs> like they kind of need to, to draft someone and like they might be you know this 18th 19th pick and they're like we got to move up because you know Will Levis is not going to be there or um 
you know, CJ Stroud is probably going to be the number one pick, but like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are probably going top two. Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. But like, they're not going to be there. And if you want one of those guys, you're going to have to move up and get give draft capital. So even if the Jets move down, I wouldn't even be mad at that. But obviously, that depends on where they are. But I think actually having a cornerback quarterback in this class is massive it's such it's like insane because how many teams need them and how many schools are putting out good quarterbacks is like i think they're in a really good position to get a player at a different position so we'll see what happens though yeah and that's and i want to get um um like talk about the offense a little more because i feel like we've talked about defense a lot in the old line but mm-hmm. I, the skill position in general like zach wilson this last game in pittsburgh I know his stat line wasn't the greatest, 50% completion, yeah. <laughs> 252 yards, um, one passing touchdown, one receiving touchdown, one awesome gritty, and two picks. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to give a little insight in that because the stat line is not nearly as bad as it looks on paper. So yeah. Zach Wilson has count, he's always, his receivers always struggle to catch the ball, whether it was Corey mm-hmm. Davis or t- especially Tyler Conklin, which led to a second mm-hmm. pick. So one of that pick doesn't count in my books. And he also had a lot of throwaways because Pittsburgh was getting to him left and right. And he, mm-hmm. unlike Joe Flacco, who would just go down and take a sack, mm-hmm. um, Zach Wilson throws the ball away. And obviously that counts as incompletion. But from what I saw from Zach, that the last two drives of that game showed mm-hmm. that I think this guy will be our franchise quarterback. Just the poise that he shows on the third and fourth and longs when they're marred by penalties. Having mm-hmm. complete, having the go-to guys in Corey Davis and Tyler Conklin making big catches and trusting Brees Hall in the run game. And mm-hmm. Zach just looking so composed. And you could tell, like, the work he's been putting in the offseason. Accuracy looks a lot better than it did last year. So yeah. I'm just happy. It just looks good to know. It's good to know that we at least look like we have a, a competent quarterback. Hopefully this isn't jinxing anything. But I think this <laughs> is going to be uh, – I think this year will be a good year for Zach. I don't think it'll be eye-popping, but I think as long as he keeps the turnovers down, the Jets will be just fine. Yeah, I think that Zach's... Me and my dad talk about this a lot, but Zach's in a year where he's going to have like flashes of being like like insane, you know, like really, really good. And then other times he's going to make stupid mistakes, and hopefully he makes less stupid mistakes than he did last year. But... Something that uh, we noticed was that when he was almost like had less time on the clock in those last two drives in the fourth quarter and he just looked great, like l- I think less time almost <laughs> makes him like think less. He knows how to run a two minute drill. I'll say that. Yeah. Like he knows how to like get it and he's just, he, he almost seems just more efficient. Like he's locked in when it's almost like a time crunch, you know? And when he has like, I have too much time on the clock. Sometimes I'm like, he does. He's like too many options, you know, or like not enough options. And he's like, let me try and do this like hero ball play. And he, when they're down in the game and they've got like four minutes left on the clock, he's like, all right, let me lock in. So we'll see how Lafleur kind of adjusts the playbook this this weekend. I'm ex- I'm interested to see like, will he do more of what he did in the fourth quarter and just like getting like 10 yards 10 yards 10 yards you know and and less like here's a run on the first play for three yards with quarter you know i would love to see 
a lot more sweeps, in my opinion, a lot more sweeps to Garrett Wilson or Braxton. I want to see those guys who have speed, and especially since we have Corey Davis, who's a very good run-blocking receiver, and Tyler Mm -hmm. Conrad and Uzama, who can both run block. I want to see... I want to see our receivers get in space on a sweep or even like a wide receiver screen because we have guys who are speedy and shifty and that can get you 10, 15 yards easily. Yeah. This is a really fast team. And I, I still feel like LaFleur has not unlocked Elijah Moore yet because that guy's he's really good. And no one like, no one knows like Jets fans know that he's really good, but you haven't seen it yet. And I'm just, I'm waiting for his breakout week because Garrett obviously had his, I hope so. Um, Garrett obviously had his versus Cleveland where he just played like he, like no one was, no one was even on him. He played like he was not even being defended. And I think more like, I guess he just, he's been either in really good coverage or he's been just having more trouble getting open or LaFleur isn't scheming him open, but I'm like, this guy is good, and I'm just waiting for him to just explode, and he hasn't done that yet. So I am I hope that this week is the week. And I feel like they could even use Braxton a bit more, but there's just like, this is the first time they've had so much receiver talent. And I'm like, a lot of, what'd you say? There's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense. You know, you, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. you got Corey Davis, you got Braxton, you got Elijah Moore, you got Garrett Wilson, you have Brees Hall, you have Michael Carter still, you have yeah. Tyler Conklin, and you still have CJ Uzama, who you barely even use yet. You know, this yeah. offense, it's, it's, it's like a very good problem to have because the Jets yeah. receivers in years past, and I'm not even going to go into the tight end position because that hasn't existed since Dustin Keller was a Jet. But there's a yeah. lot of um, there's a lot of talent on this team, and it's going to be you know obviously not everyone's going to get the ball and have a breakout game every game. But I feel like if you start spreading the love a little bit, I think getting Elijah more more involved is huge. And defenses, I feel like, are mm-hmm. honing in. And I'm gonna, I think they're honing in on him a little more because yeah. they saw they know that five week um, explosion that he had last season where he was playing like a top five wide receiver. And yeah. I think that's getting guys like Corey Davis open. And I know Zach has a very good connection with Corey Davis. That's probably his favorite target right now. He's his safety <laughs> blanket. You know, his first two touchdowns were to Corey Davis. Actually, I think his, uh, yeah, his, his three of his four first touchdowns were all to Corey Davis. So, and I think Garrett Wilson only also had two catches last game, one of them being a big 30-yard catch. But I think um, since they've only played one game together, and I think it's just impossible to like ignore Garrett Wilson because he just knows how to get open. Yeah, I definitely think that. And I'm way yeah, I hope this this week's a little bit more of a Garrett Zach connection. Um someone did mention I saw that like Garrett might have still been a little shaken up from the rib injury he had when he got hit in the yeah. um Cincinnati game, I think that was. Yeah, I remember um, that. That might be like part of the case, so hopefully he's he's all ready to go this week. Um, but I I like that's that's like such a crazy talented duo, Zach Zach and Garrett. Like oh my gosh, that's that's wild. Um, but I definitely think Corey Davis, like having that veteran receiver who knows what he's doing most of the time when he doesn't drop the ball. <laughs> um, a lot is, of that. Yeah, is like massive it's i think it's good like 
same same way that Reed is good for for Sauce and the and the young um like defensive group. I think that uh Corey Davis is great for this young receiving core because they just like need to learn how to be a pro and like just get tips from that. So I think he's he's massive. I know a lot of people were like, oh, we could consider trading him, and I was like, I don't want to trade him. Um, <laughs> I want him to be on the team because Zach really likes him, and I think he's good for the locker room. So. Yeah, I think Corey Davis has received a lot of received a lot of um fire from Jets fans because he had draw pitches last year. He was obviously injured for half the year, but he was on pace for a very productive year last year if he played a whole um 17 games. I think this year people are also underrating because you got the exciting young guys in Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, but Corey Davis is the vet in that locker room and he is um zach's probably most trusted target right now that's probably gonna change over time but <laughs> as of right now if um if the jets need a, a third a third and long completion or a fourth long completion zach's going to Corey davis we saw that in the pittsburgh game yeah definitely and it was it was interesting because when flacco was out there it was almost like flacco's safety blanket was garrett and zach seems to be Corey as of like right now and Obviously, that's it's going to change the more they play together, but um, yeah, I think I think Corey's a big part of this team. I think as, as long as he continues to hold on to balls, he's like great, and I think he finally has an opportunity to be like a a wide receiver one. He wasn't that in Tennessee, and I think he really wants that. So I think as long as he continues to play like he did last week, he he has that. You know? Yeah, you know. Um, I feel like the thing with this Jets receiving group in general, I don't think there's going to be a wide receiver one, quote unquote. A lot of guys are going to get the ball. Mm -hmm. I think I think there's a very good chance that Corey Davis, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson will all go over 850 yards. And I don't think I feel like this team Mm -hmm. is to have a thousand yard, like a thousand two hundred yard plus receiver. But I think mm-hmm. there's going to be multiple 850-yard, 900-yard guys, multiple like 600-yard guys, 400-yard guys. A lot of guys are going to get love on this team. And yeah. it all really depends on like Zach. I know since it was his first game back from the torn meniscus and the bone bruise last game, he wasn't really doing as much. And they're trying to make the game a little easier for him. But mm-hmm. as soon as he gets going and he's more comfortable on the and the – coaching staff feels like they can let him run free a little bit more i think that would just like make the offense hit its ceiling because it was capped obviously with joe flacco they had a very good offensive showing in the browns game but zach wilson his ability to extend plays using his legs his ability to run first down him actually being able to throw the ball instead of taking a sack and just um his arm talent we've seen a lot of times last year where he's been able to like launch it the kid is a kid yeah so yeah, definitely. I think um, I think a lot of that comes with experience um, in the future games, but a lot of that also comes with the O line giving him time. That's obviously mm-hmm. got to be um, something's got to be changed. Obviously, they have they got guys at depth now. They have pretty solid depth. They have uh, they signed Mike Remmers to their practice squad. I think I forgot if he's on the active roster right now, but Dwayne mm-hmm. Brown will be playing his first game tomorrow. Um, yeah, Elijah Tucker, you know, has been he's probably been the Jets' best player offensively. Um, I think Lake yeah. is getting more comfortable. Connor McGovern's mm-hmm. having a decent year. I'm just scared about Connor McDermott. He's horrible. I just have to say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um he's been he's been he slid in at, at right tackle last week. I know he I yeah. 
I think it was right or left. Yeah, no, it was right tackle. Yeah, because, uh, it was right because AVT, and I was like, I remember drafting him. I was really, he was, that was Douglas did exactly what I wanted <laughs> in the 2021 draft. I was like, draft AVT. I was like, move up for AVT. They moved up for AVT. And even though Christian Darisol was there for the Vikings at 23, and I was like, we could have had Christian Darisol. I was like, no, I wanted Barry Tucker because he had versatility at guard and tackle. And this is why, because he came in and played at left tackle and held his own. And I was like, this is why I wanted Barry Tucker. And um, I was very happy with his performance. But I think that mcgovern and mcdermott can be kind of like we can consider drafting like some more interior linemen in this class like i would love to draft a center i don't like this this year i was like i didn't really know i was like okay i'm happy they drafted max mitchell you know but he didn't he hasn't played center i think he's only played guard and tackle so um i was like all right like this is fine i guess we're sticking with mcgovern so I would I would like to draft a center. Um, obviously, left tackle gets priority though. But um, yeah, I think interior line is a little bit shaky. Um, and hopefully they can improve upon that either in the off season. But I think Vera Tucker has been the best, like really, really good. So like another Douglas pick. Like I'm happy with it. You know. <laughs> yeah, and and I think like I think Vera Tucker. Besides Quinn, I think he's. I think he should make the Pro Bowl this year. I think, if as long as the yeah. Jets are respectable, I think AVT, if he plays at this level, he's gonna be a Pro Bowler. I don't yeah. think there's any way he shouldn't be because the way he's coming in, playing left tackle when um, all these guys are hurting, doing it at a very high level, he's just mauling guys out there, and mm-hmm. that's something that's something we haven't seen from the Jets since 2010. You know. Their O line was built through the draft, starting in 06 yeah. when they did Mangold at center and Ferguson mm-hmm. of tackle in the first round, and they fill out their line with um, veterans like Alan Fanica and um, mm-hmm. Damian Woody. And um, I feel like the Jets are doing it similar now. You know, they drafted. Um, I guess Beckton was supposed to be their franchise tackle. He still could be, but we have no idea at this point. First round yeah. pick, guard drafted in the first round, first round pick. Lakin Tomlinson, Pro Bowl guard, not Hall mm-hmm. of Fame level like Alan Finico was, but another signing. And then McGovern, solid center from before, another solid signing. And then George Fan, another solid tackle. And I like the way yeah. they really built this offensive line because it was terrible. I remember in 2019, I can name the line from start to bottom. Brandon Shell was a bum. Um, Brian, <laughs> Brian Winters was he had nothing left in the tank. Ryan Khalil should have mm-hmm. stayed in retirement. Kelvin Beecham <laughs> was okay to say the best. Mm-hmm. And Kaleshi Assembly played probably five games for the team before he completely blew up on them for how they managed the injury. It was yeah. a very, very rough time, and it was the bad. line has really been shored up under this new regime, mm-hmm. which is something that I would like to see because. An O line is critical to a team's success. If you can't protect your quarterback, your yeah. quarterback's gonna fail. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think offensive line is like the number one priority of any team ever. And that's kind of what Douglas has said from the beginning. And I hope he can continue to to do that in this draft. Um I like my number one priority is an offensive lineman, like preferably a tackle, because I don't back to in like 
just can't stay on the field, you know? And, like, at some point, when do you keep the starting job if you can't stay on the field, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, you know, I would like a tackle. But um, going back to what you said about the receivers, I actually saw something interesting on Twitter. Um, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore are all on pace to eclipse 800 yards, which would be only the second time in franchise history and that was the last time they did it was in 2000 with uh Wayne Kerbat, Richie Anderson and Dedrick Ward which I thought I was like all right that's pretty good <laughs> yeah that's um we haven't seen something like that in 20 years and the Jets yep. were good 20 years ago and it shows yep. like <laughs> you don't need to have a number like a number one receiver to be like a good team even back in 2010 they had a receiving core with um jericho katri santonio holmes and braylon edwards all very solid receivers yeah. none of those guys were were true true number ones mm-hmm. and they were just they were just talented guys who knew how to get who knew how to catch the ball and make plays and i feel like they have their the jets have their own version of that right now i feel like Corey davis is um like the santonio holmes he's a veteran presence guy I think Braylon, mm-hmm. I think um Garrett Wilson is like our Braylon Edwards because he knows mm-hmm. how to like go up and get the ball. And Elijah yeah. Moore is like our Kotri because he can make plays in space and knows how to make guys miss on short routes. Yeah. I think that I just think Garrett is so exciting. I really wanted um Javante from um Alabama. Jameson Williams. Jameson, not Javante. He's on Detroit. I I knew it was Williams. Um, but I, I wanted Jameson and I was like, we can't draft him though, because, um, injury of the ACL. And I, I was like, all right, like, I, like, I guess Garrett is, you know, like some people had him as the number one wide receiver. So I was like, okay, but I, I'm excited to see him play on the Lions, but Garrett just, I think because he, I know he played basketball growing up. He was played point guard, I think. And I think Zach did that too. Actually, I don't know if Garrett played point guard, but I know he played basketball and basketball is like his favorite sport. I remember reading that. And I think that athleticism is just so apparent on the football field that he's just so shifty and he's just so hard to um, guard and so hard to catch too because he's fast. And I, I just, I'm just like, I'm so impressed with his talent and how he's been able to come in and immediately perform because some guys just kind of stall when they get to the NFL and they don't know how to get open. And I think he's just done a great job producing right off the bat. Yeah. And I want to bring up the basketball point again, because Garrett can jump. He knows how to yeah. go. I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember. The Clemson game. Up, the Clemson. I was just, a, that, yep. was a, that was a <laughs> Made an incredible yeah. catch over the corner. He, 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 he levitated. Yeah, that was, that was unreal. And mm-hmm. I, see yeah. that I saw that highlight when we drafted, and I was like, oh my God, this guy's on our team. He's going to do that for us. I know, and we, I know. And it's like so surreal. But going back to the draft, I was I was actually like, me for like the last few years, I was always on the, the boat of trading for a star receiver. So whenever guys became available, <laughs> when, when Amari Cooper was available for trade, I wanted to get him. He went to the mm-hmm. Browns. When DK Metcalf was possibly showing up at trade talks, he signed an extension. When, yeah, DK. When, um, when Tyreek Hill infamously uh, 
burned us from Miami. The Jets, they accepted an offer for the Jets, but obviously they he um sent them there instead. So I wanted him. And then um finally Debo Samuel, uh, when he became available, I mm. thought, oh, we have Robert Sala, we have Mike LaFleur, we have the coaching staff, we can go get Debo. And the the Jets actually offered the tenth overall pick in the draft. Yeah. For Debo and the Niners declined. And Debo ended up signing a, a rich extension. But yeah, to put it into perspective, like it's actually better that we drafted a rookie receiver, especially someone like Garrett, because Garrett Wilson's contract is four years, $25 million. To, mm-hmm. to like give you the perspective of like how good we have it, Tyreek Hill is getting paid $30 million a year over four years. Yeah. So yeah. we have the cap flexibility. And I think Garrett Wilson has the tools to be the number one receiver. You know, um, Tyler Conklin, after the Cleveland game, said he has the Justin Jefferson type game. To yeah. I, yeah. With, um, the run after the cash and how he can get the how we can get the football and Conklin obviously played yeah. with Jefferson in Minnesota. So mm-hmm. I think the, if Garrett Wilson goes out and has a Justin Jefferson rookie year, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it because Justin Jefferson is arguably the best receiver in football right now. Yeah. Now I don't yeah. think that's going to be the case with Garrett Wilson, but I think, I think I'll have a very solid rookie. Year. I wouldn't be shocked if he breaks a thousand yards this year, to be honest. Yeah. I, I remember I saw that comment in Conklin. I was like, I'm, I'm happy with this, you know. <laughs> I hope that he performs like Jefferson did in his first year. Um, but in regards to um trading for a receiver instead of drafting one, I <clears throat> I think from a cap perspective, obviously not dr- trading for one is good and I think we're probably going to have to manage the cap in, in the next couple of years. So from that perspective, it's like you're not paying a crazy amount of money for the guy for like, I don't know how much he'd be able to elevate the team when you're still very young. Um, mm-hmm. I was personally pretty happy not getting Hill because Hill was also off a, the field. Was a yeah. Person. Hill off the field is not really a model citizen. <laughs> um, so I was, I wasn't too upset from a football perspective. I was like, this guy's really talented, you know, and having him on the team connecting with Zach, um, he can do a lot of things and he might have been able to make Zach more comfortable, but I really wasn't heartbroken over that trade. Debo, I just, I was like this, I don't know, because it made sense, you know, it made sense because he knew Salah, he's, he, he knows Salah, he knows the floor, but all these guys just would have required so much money. And I just don't think the team is is like re- was ready enough to win right now to spend that much money. You know, the Philly is. And I think Howie did an amazing job acquiring Antonio Brown because Philly is ready to go to the Super Bowl. You know, they're playing so well and getting Brown was just like the icing on the cake. It was perfect. But I don't know if getting Brown from the Jets would have like made them win the division when they're playing Buffalo, you know? So I I was personally pretty happy with the decision to like obviously um I was I was excited by the fact that like hey we could get DK we could get Debo these electric guys that could make Zach like very comfortable and have an immediate number one to go to but not getting it ended up being like a, a little bit of like a blessing in disguise you know because now you've got a receiver on a much more uh, cap-friendly contract, and he looks like he could be a breakout star. And that's really exciting for fans, because 
I don't think there's anything more satisfying in sports when you have a homegrown product emerge and it's just a superstar. And I think that's so amazing. And I, I love watching that happen from like scouting the guy in college all the way through to seeing him excel at the pro level is like one of the best things you can you can watch as a sports fan. Yeah, it's great to see, obviously. And I, I was I was always on the train for the train for trading for receiver because we see what Diggs did for Josh Allen, but obviously the yeah. playoffs before they got Diggs. And I saw we saw for a while what um D Hop did for Kyler Murray. Now the yeah, Cardinals yeah, are yeah. special, but made him obviously made him better. And yeah, <laughs> and Philly, um, Philly made the playoffs last year even without AJ Brown. And right now they have the best record in football. AJ Brown is helping Jalen Hurts, but I yeah I agree with your point completely about having a homegrown star, especially a skill position guy. When was the mm-hmm. last time we like? When was the last time we can say the Jets had a homegrown skill position player? Like I, can't I don't even, even know. know. <laughs> I don't can't remember because a lot of the receivers, good receivers and running backs that we had, we traded for assigned them. We didn't wasn't yeah. a homegrown talent. I think the last one was probably Keyshawn Johnson back in the nineties. Oh wow. <laughs> that's a mile ago. Yeah, that's it, and that says a lot. So, yeah, very happy with what we got out of Garrett Wilson, and he's he's so special, and I can't wait to see what he does this season and for the future. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, keep around for a long time. We don't piss him off. I think um, I think Wilson seems- to Wilson will be a trademark coming soon. Yeah, he seems like he doesn't. I mean, you never know with with the guys coming out of college, they have such like different mindsets. I think so much of it is like, how can they handle being really successful in the NFL? So obviously some, especially receivers, can, like handle it better than others and like are very professional and other ones kind of go out and like to talk about how they're not being treated the way they want to be treated or being paid they want to be paid it, being paid the way the way they want to be paid. Garrett seems like he's, I, I don't know, he seems like he's he works hard and he likes to play football, so hopefully we don't get any, you know, like Odell blow-ups or anything that, like, the front office does to annoy him, but so far he looks like he's, like, a really... As long as we don't have another Jamal Adams, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, something like that, exactly, even though Douglas... <laughs> did a phenomenal job on that trade. That situation really well. Shout out to, yeah. um, to the Seahawks for um, giving us those picks. But that's um, yeah, that's a story for another day. But before, <laughs> we, um, before we end this um this very special episode of the podcast, I want to get into the schedule a little bit. Like the we have we're two and two right now. Yeah, and honestly, the gauntlet of our schedule is like we're halfway through it. People thought mm-hmm. shout. Um, uh, cough, cough, Brady Quinn. People thought we yeah. would be 0-9 going into our bye. And mm-hmm. we're not 0-9, right? We're not going to be 0-9. We're 2-2. Two two. Yeah. We split the AFC North, which is more than, than it's more than I can ask for, considering I thought we were going to be 1-3 at best without yeah. Zach. But 2-2, two two, going into a huge game in against Miami at MetLife. Stadium's mm-hmm. going to be loud. And... um. Fun fact, if we beat Miami and the Bills lose, we're first in the division. I know it's early, it? but... The Bills um, are playing this week. Pittsburgh. There's, there's, I'm being honest, there's no way they're losing to Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm excited to see Kenny play again, because I really don't think he played bad last week. 
He didn't. Then two of those picks weren't really his fault. Maybe yeah. One, maybe, I mean, the first one yeah. was, uh, but the second sort of. one was like that was tipped. You know. Yeah. 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 But, but, um, yeah. yeah I just wanted to like, hear your thoughts on um, how you think the team will do down the stretch of the season. Let's see. I I'm gonna pull up the schedule. Um, I think this was an extremely difficult. Um, first couple of games, like opening up against the AFC North, where every team is totally very good. <laughs> you know, like yeah. every team just has Talent. like competence. Every team is is has great players on it, and they can all easily make the playoffs. And I think the biggest question marks were Cleveland and Pittsburgh, and I'm glad we were able to to capitalize on, you know, Watson not playing yet and Trubisky only playing half the game and TJ Watt being hurt. That was huge. So I'm really glad we were able to get um, two wins out of that. So let's see. Um, Miami, I I get a little like jinx crazy. So I, I think this is just going to be a really good test, even if I just want them to play smart football like i don't want a lot of penalties i just want them to do their best you know i think that penalties have been one of their weak points and i think that kind of leans on salah and the people get mad at salah and ulbrick and that's rightfully so because they're the people they're disciplining them so hopefully they're able to tighten that up this week but i i just want sauce to look good i just want Dak to not regress like, that's all I'm asking for, you know? And I think you have a chance to pounce with Tua. Um, on, like he's sidelined. Hopefully he continues to progress towards health after his his scare. Um, really? Yeah, and I think they have a And either, I think, I don't know, both Hill and Waller are uh, listed as questionable this week. They're, so. probably, they're most likely going to play, I think. But I think... Um, yeah. Someone, I think um, there's a chance Xavier and Howard and Teron Armstead could both be out tomorrow. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so I, I really think they kind of like could play with Miami this week, you know, and it can kind of be like a little bit of a feisty duel um, because they, they're, you know, Teddy is a professional, but he's not a starter for a reason. Um, and like you mentioned, their line is a little bit, shaky um and hill and waddle we know are in 100 percent. so i think there's a little bit of like possibility there um and then we play green bay and denver this is really interesting now because green bay looked not great last week and um, we know the broncos have looked horrible all season broncos I don't even know what to say. Like I've seen, I've watched riding. like, yeah, <laughs> they are not right. They are stuck in the driveway. Um, I've seen like every. They've been on primetime what like three, four times. Like three out of the four, three out of the five games, and they have another on, week. I like. I've watched almost every Denver game, and Russell just like obviously we're not talking about we're not talking about Denver, but Russell just does not look like he used to look and he doesn't look comfortable in Denver so that's a really interesting game if that was at home that would be really 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 interesting it's always tough being in Denver Denver is always yeah yeah 
Yeah, and they didn't play well in Denver last year. Um, so hopefully we can see what happens because they're kind of like not playing great football. So <laughs> I think they can even pounce on that. I think Green Bay's probably a little tough, you know, because I think da- um, Dobbs is starting to emerge as like a good a good receiver in Green Bay, and. I think they're kind. Of, they might be kind of settled down by week six. Um, yeah, I mean they're but, playing in London also. So and yeah. also, I before the season, I um I read something interesting. The I mean, you know, teams can opt for bye weeks after the London game. The Packers looked at the Jets, said they're the Jets. They're not have. We're not going to have a bye week. A little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit of disrespect coming from Green yeah. Bay. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um. Wow, that's interesting. All right, so I think that you know there might be a little bit of London hangover. Another but, um, Rob Sala. Yeah, right. That would be great. Um, New England, I think they're not a team. Good. That's Especially like a team Matt that you can beat. You know, yeah, I, yeah. Mac, I think Mac would even Bailey Zappi looked like he could like throw the ball. Um, I think that that team and they're at home. I like oh, they have to beat New England once this this season. They just have they to. Beat, they haven't beaten New England since week sixteen of twenty fifteen. And like, oh my gosh, New England and me going to school in Massachusetts, it would just make it feel so much better. Yeah, I always hear all these kids talking smack on my team, and <laughs> hopefully things turn around here. Yeah, I really would love for them to beat New England this season. And they is I think very feasible to do. Like I think they could do it. And of course, like we don't know what's gonna happen in a few weeks, but I think right now, just their talent is good, the Jets. And I think if they continue to just perform well and limit penalties and don't make stupid decisions. This team is like it's really just not bad, you know, and that's like excites me as a Jets fan. Yeah, that's as long as they cut down on penalties and they've done a very good job, especially in the secondary. The PIs have been held to a minimum. I don't think the corners have had a pass mm-hmm. interference this season. I could be wrong, but I think they've there've been no penalties on the corners yet, which is. Great to see because Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts were penalty machines. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that's a, think that's another bright spot of this team. And as long as they keep the penalties down, I think they can beat a lot of teams. Yeah, I think that that's big, especially those. Um, there's been a few personal fouls on the on the D line, and that needs to be limited. Yeah. Hopefully, there's less. But yeah, um, Carl Lawson thing at the end of the first half last bad, game, oh, brutal. Uh, then they play Buffalo, which Buffalo. I don't. I think it's going to be very difficult to beat Buffalo this year. But uh, hopefully they well. just they've, had, they've been weak. They've had some weak spots, but it's going to be hard. I just to hope Buffalo, Buffalo. Yeah, I I think it's going to be especially difficult to beat them in Buffalo. But um, I just want them to be competitive in that game. You know, I don't want it to be. I just don't want it to be a blowout. You know, um, mm-hmm. so. Hopefully that's week that's the before they're by, so they should be ready to rumble. And then they play New England again. Then Chicago. That is a winnable game. You know? The thing <laughs> is, and after the bye week, 
the Jets have a very, very, very winnable schedule. Yes, I'm looking at it now. I haven't really, I haven't analyzed. I really was locked in on the the first couple of games, and now, like that Detroit game is going to be just really fun to watch. (laughs) That's like Detroit offense is the best in the league, and their defense is the worst. Yes, I know. Um, Even like. I don't even think golf is the problem on that team. I think they just cannot prevent people from scoring points. They need to give him a defense. They just need to give him a defense. That's all. I mean, he put up 45 points and they still lost last week. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not his fault at all, you know? And I think that. Did you watch Hard Knocks? I did watch Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks was great. And I think that. I love that team. I just think they're so. I think, like. Dan Campbell's mantra is obviously grit, and I think that's like literally yeah. what that team is. They know. But like, grind oh, out. They know. They, they know need it. defense help, <laughs> even with Hutchinson. Like, they need help. Yeah, yeah, they need to drift. Like, they got um. Yeah. They have a very underrated O line. Jared Goff is playing honestly at an MVP level right now. Amon Ross St. Brown has been a top ten receiver this year. Mm, he's so good. Back, it's going to be even more explosive. TJ mm-hmm. Hawkinson last game and DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams are a very good running back tandem. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um I think that that Lions team is really fun to watch. But they have no they need desperately to draft some defense this year. Um but I think that game is gonna be so fun to watch because those teams are in such similar positions where like you clearly have a lot of talent on the team. But um they're not quite like reaching playoff caliber level. They're like not in a, they're like in a rebuild, but on the upswing. And I'm really excited for that. I'm excited for Jacksonville too, because they look like they can put together I'm, like a, an entertaining Yes. Yeah, yeah. Some entertaining football. Um and then Minnesota, I like the really the back half of the schedule isn't bad. Like even Seattle's a fun game because Gino coming back or uh, we're back facing Gino. That's yeah. fun. It would have been nice trying to beat Jamal Adams, but obviously he's out for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um yeah, I think that this second half I didn't even realize it's really not bad at all. Um Yeah, I think Chicago is winnable. Giants beat them. I think Minnesota, I think Minnesota's probably going to be a little tough because I I don't think Kirk is too bad. Yeah, I know no, a lot of people bad. don't like him. Is- very questionable, but there's only so much you can do to stop guys like Justin Jefferson. And yeah, Jeff like Jefferson. Yep, definitely. Um, Buffalo at home is going to be really difficult. Um, but and uh, Miami, I, I hope they take one. I just want them to take one game minimum <laughs> from New England and Miami. I would be oh, pre- ha- like that would be great. Ending. If um what if it would be such a storybook ending if the Jets were at eight and eight and they had to win in Miami to get to the yeah. playoffs and they yeah. win. That would be really great. I'd be happy just getting, you know, seven, eight wins. <laughs> yeah, so um yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I didn't I didn't realize how not bad this second half was. So I def- I definitely think they can squeeze out like a few more wins and this team shouldn't Easily. They it, they really should not be too bad. <laughs> um, yeah, as long as um, injuries don't pile up, knock on wood. Yes, 
and is yeah. and Zach playing competent football. I think this team has potential. I think it's. I think we're gonna end this year on a high note. Might not mean playoffs, but I think it'll end on a high note and that'll carry momentum into next season where it yeah. should be. And lost. yeah, like and just getting an off season where it's not like your life is on the line, you know, and it's not like oh, like Salah might be fired, Douglas might be fired because you underperformed again. It feels like you're going into an off season with like optimism and you're like ready to attack free agency and attack draft and build on a ready good foundation of players. And instead of just like needing to start from the ground up again and feel like you have no one. And now it looks like you have guys who, who know how to play, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I, I thought that the second half of the schedule was, was I, cause I, all I kept hearing was like, the schedule so bad, the schedule so bad. And it's like, now it looks like this team. The, the second the half is games, very Yeah. Yeah. I would love if they could, you know, win five more games, if not more. And I we think have, looking at. We already at, have two wins. Most people like, thought I we think, wouldn't have one at this point. Yeah. I think looking at the schedule three, two months ago, and you're looking at like Denver and Green Bay and Minnesota. And you're like, like you're not going to win those games. And now you're like, Denver has no offense on that team. Like, they haven't scored a touchdown against Indianapolis. Like, I don't know, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, people, I saw people projecting the Jets to win four, five, maybe six as a ceiling. But winning two games early, and it shows that we can compete with teams. You know, the Jets, the two wins were not pretty. They were gritty ugly hard-fought victories both yeah. come back wins. but great the thing, the thing the mantra i get from this team is that they never they don't quit playing until the final whistle is blown yeah they like they play 100 percent of the game they don't play 98 or 99 they go until the final snap and they play their heart out and that's just like yeah. what a young team should do just be gritty yeah. don't do anything fancy just play a hard-nosed football yeah, like I'm, I'm not a Ranger fan, um, but I love the the um, mantra they have, which is "No quit in New York," and I, I, I just love it. And, it, and I'm like, oh, why does this have to be associated with the Rangers? You know, <laughs> but I, I think that like kind of associates with the Jets also, where it's just like yeah, all, all gas, no breaks. It's our mantra. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think just from these last two games, like they truly don't quit until there's zeros on the clock and that was so evident in the cleveland game and it was just evident again in this pittsburgh game where they looked bad at the end of the second uh, at the end of the first half last week they just had they had penalties and they were like how could they're not generating offense and then they were able to just revive themselves in the fourth quarter like something clicked in zach wilson's head and he just locked in And it was just like, bang, bang. And I'm like, this is the guy who looked like he knew what he was doing at BYU. And now, hopefully, he'd be able to carry that over into next week. But that was very exciting. And I just, I love, this is a team that, like, has character. And those are my favorite types of teams to watch. And even if they're not a team that's, like, makes the playoffs, you're like, you have a group of guys who are really fun to watch, are good people. And makes it very easy to enjoy the game. 
and uh, aside from them making like you know some stupid play sometimes because they could be the Jets but um it's just like it's it's a team I'm I'm really happy and excited to watch every week yeah it's and you can't we can't say that about years past like as fans of previous years we always be like oh we have two and a half yeah. we have two and a half three hours of of um high school level football now yeah. <laughs> competent they know what they're doing. Coaching staff looks like they know what they're doing. We have an offense and defense that plays hard and at a high level every game. And I think the things that get me the most hyped up and honestly like emotional a little bit. I don't know if you watch um their post game their post game uh, locker room. That's always especially yeah. after after the Cleveland game and the Pittsburgh game. That's what I'd like yeah. to see because the Jets have not had the vocal leader in years past we haven't seen vocal leaders since um who's the last one i could think of bart scott back in 2010 was a very low vocal leader same with ladanian thomason but now you got the leaders cj mosley dj reed justin hardy all those guys yeah, are bona fide leaders they yeah. they know how to get a locker room going and it's great to see this underdog team that just plays their hearts out and they get rewarded with the wins. It's not like they play hard and then they still get blown out because they're just such a bad team. These yeah. guys play hard and they win. And yeah. you can't, we can't, we don't see it very often. So it's very exciting. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the case with the Lions where those guys are playing so hard for Dan Campbell, but they're not getting the satisfaction of the win. And that kind of like wears you down over time. And I hope that they continue to fight. But um, the Jets are being able to come back and play hard and then get the win, which has been massive. And I don't I just want one week where the Jets don't win in the last like 10 seconds of the game. You know, I like I just want to. No, I love, I love it. It's, team. Yeah, I, I think it's so fun to watch those, but I. I would love to just like relax in the fourth quarter and just like not be screaming at my television or just like standing the whole time. So hopefully maybe maybe we'll get one of those in the next hopefully. couple of weeks. Yeah. I would love to see a game where in like the last like two drives we're up like twenty. I wanna yeah. see like I wanna see a few Mike White drives at the end just so Zach gets his rest after a cool yeah. three hundred yard, two touchdown game, no turnovers. Yeah, <laughs> and backups get some playing time. I just um, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't, it's fun being on the edge of your seats to an extent, but out during that Cleveland game and that Pittsburgh game, I was, I was standing the whole time, and it was nail biting, sweating yeah. bullets. It was uh, it was bad for my mental health, honestly. Yeah, like you get tired after you watch the games. You're like, that was just. I feel like I just ran a marathon with this team. Yeah, so and the Jets, I would like a our marathon. <laughs> yeah like i want a relaxing win you know hopefully hopefully we get that yeah all right so before we um head off here i want to so obviously we play miami i met life tomorrow mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. want to hear what what's your final score prediction and i want to see a stat prediction for zach wilson how do you think he'll do and how do you think we'll do i do tough with the scores because i'm i'm a jinx so I think it it'll be I think it'll be in the twenties. I don't I don't think we'll break thirty because I think both teams have a decent enough defense where it's not gonna be a shootout. Yep. But I think it'll be like 
you know, kind of like it was last week, maybe a little bit higher. And then Zach, oh gosh, I think he'll be around 250, 275 with yards. Hopefully, he'll probably, I think he'll be like 250, 275 with yards, like two touchdowns and an INT. That's that's honestly a fair stat line. I I was about to actually say some, like the same thing. I think yeah. um, hopefully I don't jinx this, but I think the Jets <laughs> will win. I think they're going to win, win twenty-seven to twenty-three. I think okay. Bold prediction. I think we'll get. I think we'll just get a stop on the last drive on um, Bridgewater. I think. I think mm. we're gonna. I think we're gonna sack on um, fourth down. Um, okay. Hopefully by uh, Jermaine Johnson sealing his rookie of the week campaign. Yeah. Uh, and um, that would be great. Yeah, I think Zach will throw. I think I'll say I'll go a little higher. I'll say two ninety. I'll say two ninety okay. yards. I'll say um, I'm gonna say um, probably sixty percent completion. Better than mm-hmm. last time. Not great, but still good to have. I'm gonna say I'm going really in depth with this here. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seven and a half yards of completion. Okay. I'm gonna say um, he has. I'm gonna say he has three total touchdowns. I'm gonna say he has a passing touchdown to. Garrett, I'm mm-hmm. gonna say a passing touchdown to Elijah Moore. He finally gets in the end zone. Okay, I'm gonna say he gets a rushing touchdown. Okay, I'll, I'll say off an option. And I think I think I'll have a pick just because I think because I feel like Zach will probably make those dumb decisions like once in this game. Hopefully, it doesn't happen, yeah. but I think uh, it'll happen. I think it'll happen just to keep it real. But all in all, I think the Jets are gonna win this game, and I think we're gonna go into Lambo three and two with momentum. I'm excited. Um, I think that they definitely have a chance to win this game because Miami's a little bit depleted and obviously two is not playing. And um, I think that this team's coming off great energy. Zach looks like he can ball. And I, it just, it's just good momentum. Everything is like clicking. Um, and I would, I think being at Lambeau at, with a winning record versus a Green Bay team that, just came off of a flight from London is interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if it's going to be chilly there next week. Maybe we'll get like a a weather game. It's a little early in the season for that, though. I mean, I would love that. um, It is uh, Lambeau, you know. Lambeau is, uh, it's very cold up in Wisconsin, so. Yeah. I just want to, it's going to be cold no matter what. It's probably going to be 50s. It's not going to be crazy, but uh, I don't think we're going to get a snow game, unfortunately, this early. Yeah. That's a good and a bad thing. But yeah. all in all, Jets, we are good. I, I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. Okay. By, by this time <laughs> tomorrow, we will be three and two. Okay. I, le- I like your energy. Just I, like, I think they have a great, I think they really do have a very good chance. And at home, they've got to win at home. They've only won on the road. Let's bring one home. Yep, just want I just want to see a loud MetLife Stadium, and I want to hear and I want to come out with the dub at home. Yeah, it's all it's all I can ask for. Yeah, it's a great week to go to the game because you have off the next day. Exactly. All right, so that's gonna do it for this episode of the Sports Inventory. Grace, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you about our favorite team. Yeah. Thank you. I had a blast. I'd love to come back anytime. Talk Jets. <laughs> anytime. So once again, I'm Ben Kuchapudi, and 
Well, absent Tyler. <laughs> and we're out. We'll see you guys next week.